Did you have a nice week off? We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we did. It wasn't really a whole week, was it? We ended up working half of it, but but then we got away for a few days and it was Yeah, nice. that was good. Yeah. I think uh, people don't realise how much work it is being a vet and running uh, yeah. boarding kennels. It's, you know, because people, it's 24-7, isn't it? It's seven days a week for people needing help and wanting your services. Yeah, I mean, depending on, depending on how you structure your business, but certainly in our roles as the heads of the company, it's, it's, you're, you're basically never turned off, you know. Yeah, it's, you're yeah. Todd tried to t- turn off his email, but you know I caught him sneaking a look <laughs> about every 15 minutes. I'm, addic- <laughs> I'm addicted to my black. <laughs> now, I know you've got a lot to say on the topic when it comes to animal cruelty and how this is presented via media. So we're going to get into that conversation in a little while. But let's get into the animal house and get started with... Animal news. Some news stories and a local story, actually, and it is that time of the year. This is coming out of the national newspaper. I hate the summer and not because the weather is so hot. Um, This is an opinion piece in the national newspaper from May the 28th. And basically he's highlighting, as we do each year, and in fact throughout the year really, is the amount of animals that get left behind when people are either travelling on holidays or indeed are leaving the UAE for good. So the shelters get inundated with animals being left at their door or calls start coming in saying, you know, I really would like to take them, but I can't. I can't afford it or whatever. And then, you know, some some genuine cases, of course, of circumstances changing for people and they have to uh, give up their animal. Um, But the person writing this, uh, Rim Gazal, goes on to talk about a particular case. She's saying, consider Pinky a year-old Arabian Mao and Fluffy a five-year-old grey Persian and Tim, a seven-year-old Labrador. These three victims hail from different homes across the UAE and were re- recently dumped at a shelter. Um, they were loved once. Now, this is the writer uh, saying they were loved once, but then their owners had other priorities. It was a holiday for one of them who couldn't afford to board the pet, yet somehow could afford to travel, afford to, travel to London. Another owner relocated and hadn't saved up money for the pet transfer, and the third owner simply lost interest in their pet. Uh, Whatever the excuse, and usually I think driven by some sense of guilt, such people often ramble on and on about the reasons that drove them to abandon their pets, while some try to find their pets new homes. There's more to this story. Uh, Your thoughts on it, uh, your initial thoughts on this, Uh, Todd? Um, Okay. (laughs) Uh, Well, look, um, the article article in very broad general terms uh, expresses... Uh, a very understandable, commonly felt uh, view or position uh, about a concern for what's happening to animals, about uh, uh, an objection over suspected irresponsible decision-making by pet owners, um, and and obviously, which which you didn't quite highlight, but uh, some some very strong feelings about uh, what happens to animals that are being put down or euthanized. So if I share that with you as well, further into the article, uh, this writer goes on to say, um, I, da- I dare each of those owners who dump the pets to be there as their pet is put put down and watch these animals fight for their lives in what this writer calls the death room. Now this is if people in some cases actually have said to the shelters, to vets, actually can you just put my animal down, put my pet down, it would be probably for the best. Um, Several vets would confirm to you some don't just go to sleep, especially if they're perfectly healthy. They are more likely to be alert and to panic. Sometimes they will spasm for a while, gasp for air and some even 
often defecate on themselves as they die. Now, when I read that, and I have been with pets of mine that have come to the end of their lives, not because I wanted to have them put down, but I've been there when they have been put down, and I have never witnessed anything like that. Yeah. So I just wanted to ask no. you well, what yeah, your thoughts. And, and I'm glad you introduced that as well, but let me just finish my, my thought, and that is that, uh, so although it is understandable and representative of a lot of people's feelings about all of these sub-issues, uh, I have to say that I think that the article is a little uh, irresponsible in its emotionalism. Uh, there are things about it uh, that are attempted to be conveyed which are certainly true, uh, but other things which are, I think, uh, unfortunately lacking knowledge and information about what's actually uh, happening and some of the real causes. Um, so, you know, the the article leaves you with a feeling that there's this m- mass exodus at times and pets of in the thousands are being abandoned. Uh, look, we know that we have a problem in this country and other countries, but perhaps in this region especially, uh, and we know we have this kind of problem. Uh, so she's absolutely right to raise it. Uh, but uh, there aren't thousands of animals being abandoned um, all the time. And, and we've talked about this uh, in earlier shows. Uh, Lucinda and I both have experienced that uh, there really are in our experience, a very large number of pet owners that are, in fact, doing what they can to take responsible decisions, whether it means bringing their pets with them when they leave or making uh, choices that are reasonable before they leave. Uh, And then finally, and not wanting to be too long-winded, we're very concerned in the article about how the death process is described. Um, Yes, it's it's very emotional. It's it's very emotional, and uh, unfortunately, uh, if that was... Well, I don't question that. I'm sure that was the experience that either she saw or was was described. Um, this this is not the experience that it ought to be. Mm. Uh, and, and the reasons why an animal might have such an experience when being euthanized uh, almost certainly comes down to the type of drugs that have been used for the euthanasia uh, and whether or not the, net, the vets are really making um, modern, uh, professional and knowledgeable choices in that process. There certainly should not be any such thing as a death room. No, uh, It's merely no. the consultation room or some treatment area in the back of a clinic. So there's really, it's so fraught and thick with issues and it's hard for us to get through them all. But sure. it, we could talk easily an hour yeah, about this one yeah. article. Uh, I mean, yeah. just to highlight again before uh, you come in on this, Lucinda, the reason we're talking about this is that in s- this is not necessarily a focus on uh, euthanasia and if your animal's sick and that is the option that you have to have your animal put to sleep. But it's interesting, it's come out of this article which highlighting that, you know, at this time of year, the shelters and vets will notice an increase where people are on the move, whether they're leaving the UAE for good or just travelling, and they haven't made the proper uh, allowances for their pets or animals. And in some cases, they might ask for their pet to be euthanized. So that's why we're talking about it in context. Uh, Dr. Lucinda, when it comes to, I mean, in my, from my point of view, I mean, you tell me you're the vet, surely in any given circumstance, it's always about the animal's safety and the animal's welfare, whatever the procedure must be for that animal. Yes, of course. I mean, you, you, you do take it on a case-by-case basis. You know, some animals require a little bit of sedation before if they're very, you know, upset or perhaps not tame or aggressive. But generally, nine times out of ten, if it's done correctly and properly, it's incredibly quick and incredibly peaceful. <laughs> you know, when she talks about spasms and gasping for air and defecating on themselves, 
you know, those things happen after the animal has passed, and that's a normal mammal response to death. You know, when humans pass away, the similar things happen, and not in every case. But it's not indicative of suffering or pain. You know, that's after the heart has stopped and the animal's gone. But um, the general process, I mean, you know, people, whenever I put an animal to sleep, people are very surprised at how quick it is. Mm. You know, it's literally within seconds. And if it's done properly, that's it. But we're not advising that you have your pet euthanized because you now realize you can't afford to take them with you or to, uh, I mean, it's up to you. It's your personal choice, but that's not the reason why we're talking about this. That raises a very interesting question because, uh, you know, um, there's there's a a faction of the global population that that believes that we have property when we have pets and that these things are choices, uh, private choices that government shouldn't interfere with. Uh, And then there's a faction where, uh, you know, the view is that uh, animals are not our property. We're merely guardians over them. Some laws in the United States and various states at the state level have changed over the last decade or so so that pets are no longer referred to as property but in fact are referred to as uh, animals in guardianship. Um, and that uh, even when we talk about uh, human beings and how children are be- being handled in schools or in parks by their parents, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a significant portion of people, and I'm probably one of them, that feels that uh, we have a moral obligation to look out for and step in when necessary uh, on the choices that people are making that perhaps have previously been seen as private choices. Right. So it's, it's definitely a long debate, another mm. topic we could talk about. <laughs> about but i don't think that uh, in fact it's reasonable to say you and i might disagree that it's reasonable to say that a pet owner uh, who has made I- I- you know potentially uh, lackadaisical choices or no choices and has found themselves in a fix has the right to go and put down their pet because it's their animal i actually think that there should be moral and some societal pressure for those choices not to be made uh, at the same time there are times when it becomes a personal choice like sure. if your animal is very ill Yes. So what is the thing that, that how do we define? Which, yeah. which, which side of the conversation, the argument, does it fall into? And, and, it, and it's that fuzzy gray thing that we call being human, being yeah. decent. And, and so why on. we have yeah. discussions like this yeah. and for you to make your own decisions out, as, uh, out of it. And I suppose one of the things that comes up when shelters are telling you uh, that they can tell when there are excuses being made mm. or and of course if the one's in financial difficulty there's a lot of pressure there but I think the other side of it is to get, to move away from the idea that pets are just things yeah. that you can buy that you can have like other material things and when they're no longer good for you or they don't suit you or it's not convenient anymore you can just get rid of them and Ir- it's, irresponsibly yeah yeah, yeah and mm. I think that's part of it as well. And I have the experts in at the house. That's Dr. Lucinda Natras from uh, Duke, uh, DKC Veterinary Clinic at Motor City, along with her partner, business partner and husband, that is Todd Carson, <laughs> managing partner of Dubai Kennels and Cattery. Uh, before we get back into discussions, though, it's time for our first clue. What's the animal? Today's mystery animal is a medium-sized bird weighing about 30 grams with a length between 16 and 20 centimetres. It has a bright turquoise blue colour and somewhat lighter underbelly and black eyes. 
I'm a mystery animal. What animal am I? And uh, you're looking at each other because you don't even know, do you? No, I haven't, you don't. <laughs> haven't even shared the mystery an- animal with Todd or Lucinda. Um, just to come back uh, quickly, Todd and Lucinda, uh, just in case people don't know, what you need to consider when you take on, I know we talked about this before, but when you take on a pet so that you're not in that position when it comes to traveling during the summer or leaving the UAE, that you've not made the right allowances and considerations for your animal. You know, one of the things that I hate is what I'm about to do. Um, You know, we all sit back and we listen to radio shows, we read newspapers, we read magazines, we watch television, and we've got all sorts of experts providing us with all sorts of advice about what we ought to do 10 years down the road. And I mean, none of it's relevant to us. And so it's hard to absorb and remember. Um, Life is imperfect and we all have to just do our very best. But having said that. Uh, the, the first and best thing that you can do is always do your best to be as aware as possible that you might be leaving. If you can just keep that in mind and recognize that in doing so, there may be six to nine months of planning that you have to do to get your pet shipped with you, depending on where you're going, then you can start making the necessary inquiries, saving up money, uh, having charity events to help you pay for it. it. It's really about thinking about the distance and knowing that the further ahead you are of when you're actually leaving, the better chance you have of having all the information, the money, the resources that you need to get it done. And vaccinations need to be up to date. Yes, absolutely. That's the, uh, you know, you should always keep your pet microchipped. Well, keep it microchipped. It's microchipped once in its life, but have it microchipped. And then when you vaccinate it, at least you know that everything is up to date so that if you have to make a quick decision, it's possible to go. I mean, a quick decision to go to America or the UK, that, that's easy to do. You know, Todd's referring to countries like Australia and New Zealand that require long-term planning. So a lot of countries, you literally can put them on a plane and go. Um, but also, I have, to, I have to correct you a little what? bit. When I said six to nine months, technically there are issues with Australia and New Zealand that are not present with other countries. But if money is going to be an issue yes, for you, you, have to plan you for may it, well need that six or nine months to start preparing for it because the reality is that even if you do the shipment on your own without the help of an agent like us, it's expensive. Yeah, no, that's true. He's absolutely right. And and also, I mean, you know, I think also with this, it's not just about leaving Dubai. You know, people do go away and they haven't actually made plans for when they go away. And some people are then in a situation where they literally don't want to not go on holiday. And that, now what do they do with their pets? And that's sometimes, unfortunately, how some of these animals end up in shelters. Yeah. And also some animals get dumped at kennels. I mean, we've had that happen at the kennels before as well, where somebody will book an animal in and just not come back, come back and fetch yes. it. Yes. So, so in their conscience, they've paid for two weeks or three weeks or whatever. And then it's, it's what we term a dump. They've dumped the animal there. So all of you know, these things you have to think about. And if you are planning to go away, always have in mind that kennels need booking in advance or Catry needs booking in advance or you have to have someone that can house it for you, look after your pet or another family that can maybe, if it's a friendly dog, look after mm. the dog. It's, it's about and planning even ahead. going into boarding for the holidays, it needs to be fully vaccinated and make all sure you've that. got all of that in Absolutely place. Right. And also for kennel cough as well, right? Yeah, and if you're yes. planning on leaving your dog or a cat or any other animal with, uh, with a business that does not require those things, you ought not to leave your animal with them. Mm. Yep. Well, Jen's texting to say, uh, we rescued a kitten five years ago. He's um, 
he's kind of half a pet really he's half wild <laughs> he's kind of feral but yeah. we still have an exit plan for him an exit Dubai fund for him Excellent. well that's great that's a good idea exactly that's what Todd really is saying an exit Dubai fund yep. Yep. yeah and uh, Omar's texting to say and I know this is emotional I'm just going to share what Omar said sorry but animals are not property I despise any selfish and irresponsible person that puts down his or her pet because of relocation these people don't put down their children or leave them behind when mm. relocating if they lack, lack the responsibility they don't deserve to be a pet owner having a pet is not a game that's according to Omar can well, I, can I, I mean, comment on that would you mind if I go first is that no, right? um, uh, you know I, first of all Omar in broad sweeping terms, I absolutely agree with you, and I don't think anybody would disagree with you. Um, but there are some exceptions that I think are worth highlighting. So you have cases, for example, where uh, uh, animals are, 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 are realistically not rehomable. So, for example, a dog that has behavioral issues or even potentially aggression issues where within the family he has always been absolutely fine, but taken into any other context with any other people, yeah. he's, he's, he's not fine. Yeah. So now trying to rehome him actually becomes a, a serious matter and a risk. This might be, not absolutely, but might be a candidate for having to put that dog Sure, down. but I think this, he's referring to what we're talking about when it comes to people Property that are saying, yeah. you know, it's a thing. And yes. when it's no longer yeah. useful to me or I want to move on, yes. I can just dispose I mean, of it. Right. He's yeah. absolutely right um, in, in that sort of, you know, uh, train of thought, f- definitely. But, you know, I have to say as well that sometimes you, people are owners of animals, you know. They, they are. It's a fact. And, and they are going. And I have met families before that had been devastated with a credit crunch or losing their job suddenly. And they absolutely are totally upset by the fact that they can't afford to take their pets with them. But, I mean, they can hardly afford to take themselves home or somewhere else. And um, th- these people don't re- reach these decisions, you know, lightly. But, again, it's, I think know, we can understand that. It's people yeah. that actually oh, yes, are, being are, irresponsible. are being irresponsible. Yeah. 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 And actually yeah. will afford for them to go on a nice luxury holiday, but not yeah, necessarily. That, that's awful. Yes. And, and, that's I, awful. and I have to add, at possible great risk to my business, but, you know, we as a business um, are – are regularly I regularly have my staff coming to me because I train them to uh, with special cases and if we are faced with a customer that uh, we feel in all sincerity and genuineness is really struggling uh, we we do make the decision to give them breaks on price uh, from from small amounts to sometimes very significant amounts so uh, I think what's also important is that people who are in that situation to uh, to not be afraid to to get out there and seek help. and talk about it yeah. yeah no good point pam says i learned years ago how expensive shipping home pets can be so i started saving then and it's all sorted i'm ready regarding the economics the paperwork scares me but it will be sorted yeah, yeah. she's also got an exit fund. <laughs> yeah That's she's great. got the exit fund <laughs> and i have two you know you have that's what you have to think about you take on something that's going to cost you money down the line yeah. and you have to be responsible and make sure that you can afford to uh, provide look, for yeah. them. Look, if you if you go on to uh, the uh, the local internet forums uh, such as expatwomen.com and 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 other ones like that, which are all uh, 
you know, really engaging people in conversation, which I personally think is, is great in many ways. Um, there, there are people on these sites that will advocate, you know, just do the shipment yourself. It's not a problem. You'll save lots of money. The shipping agents, they're all thieves. They're taking money unnecessarily and so on. Uh, not everyone is saying that, of course, but there are, there are some advocates of that. And, and, I, and I want to stress that it is absolutely possible for you to do your own shipment. Absolutely. But there's an enormous amount of effort and knowledge involved, and it means that you open yourself up to that time and energy and to potential errors, which which then mean that you might have a problem on the other end. So so just, just go for it if you want to, but also be aware, you know? When we come back, there's more clues to the mystery animal, and we'll get into talking about animal cruelty and how it's being portrayed via the media. So stay with us. What's the animal? Today's mystery animal is indigenous to the Americas. It's the state bird of the two U.S. states, Idaho and Nevada, but also the British like this bird. Uh, Paul and Linda McCartney, for instance, sang about this bird. And I have Dr. Lucinda Natras from DKC Veterinary Clinic and Todd Carson, managing partner of Dubai Kennels and Cattery. They're looking flummoxed. They're looking confused. They don't even know this morning what the mystery animal is. (laughs) And we're going to be taking a look at animal cruelty and how it's portrayed via the media. Um, but to catch up with just a few text messages here asking questions of you um, one actually this is for everyone out there because it's not really one for Todd and Lucinda but somebody's doing a call out anyone out there know about pigeons uh, this person six weeks ago a pigeon seemed to want to make our house in Victory Heights its base she sat on a wall outside the back door and after we fed her seeds she won't leave she's quite tame at night she sits on the light above the back door which is safe from the cat who sits on the wall opposite and ground Someone said she might be a Belgian ring beater, which might be a homing pigeon. Are there any pigeon fanciers out there or any advice on what we should do with her? And also uh, a message here from uh, the own Omar's, the owner of a cockapoo, and he's developed a habit of licking his paws. We took him to many vets and no one can diagnose the issue. Some say it's an allergy. Others say just a habit. Uh, We got him from Canada and he also had this issue in the snow. So we doubt that it's a weather factor. Uh, Does anybody else have this problem with their dog? Um, He goes on to say he licks his paws until the hair changes colour. We literally have to pull his paws out of his mouth on a daily basis and multiple times. He's a creamy coloured cockapoo, but the saliva on his paws changes the hair around his paws to a maroonish, reddy colour. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I remember we were speaking about tear staining mm, last week, mm. and it's the same the same uh, thing that's in the saliva that's in the tears that actually makes the hair stain that colour. So, you know, an easy way to know if your dog's licking its feet, if it's got white or cream hair, is that it's actually stained the feet. Um, yes, uh, I think many other people have this problem. Um, to answer your question, uh, it's quite a common issue for dogs licking their feet, and there's a number of factors. And, um, you know, I, I would say allergies have to be top of the list there. Uh, the question is to what? The fact that he did it in the snow and here in Dubai is quite interesting because they're quite different environments. doesn't mean there aren't the same things in the environment that could be causing allergy. But um, if I had to just take a stab, I mean, I don't know if you've done this or not it's omar is it yeah yeah um i I would possibly try um a diet trial of you know an allergic diet with him because it's possible that he's irritated by something in his food and um that would then kind of tie in with why he licks in the snow as well as in the desert so if you haven't done a hypoallergenic diet trial you should talk to your vet about that it's a pretty simple thing to do you get um a a prescription diet from royal cannon actually and you feed it for three months and um see then after the three months
month trial, if you go back to the original food, if he starts licking again or if there's been any change at all. Also, things like secondary infection and little bits of moist eczema as a result of the licking that probably started because of the itch, then actually make the skin itchy anyway. So you get sort of a compounded problem, the snowball effect. So you have to be careful that the skin is in good shape. You might have a little bit of an infection there. needs to be checked out. You might need to be bathing his feet. You need to watch out for parasites as well that can irritate an underlying issue that may be not related to the parasites. So skin, itching, licking. Behavior is a distant possibility, I agree, but you need to rule out all the other things first. But one thing I have to say is that you really have to choose a vet, stick with the vet, and go and go and tick all the boxes because skin allergies are frustrating, frustrating for everybody, dog owner, vet included, and you just have to just go through the process. You, you don't think it's a habit issue, right? It might be, but uh, my instinct is that it's not. Yeah, no. mine, mine too. And, and, and to, to summarize everything that Lucinda has just said, uh, I think he needs to get the dog to a vet. Let's take a look at some of these stories. So these caught my eye over the last couple of weeks and it got me thinking about uh, animal cruelty, which of course I don't want to have happen, but also how it's being portrayed via the social media, via print media, radio Mm. shows, Mm. how animal cruelty is portrayed and is it helping or hindering the cause when it comes to raising awareness? So headlines like uh, Camp Pendleton Marines investigated for breaking the legs and torturing this husky puppy. You can check out the story for yourself. It's a very cute little husky puppy, but it's been wounded severely and this investigation is going on into the torture of this puppy on the Marine base. It could be a couple that are Marines on that base. Um, another story uh, donations pour in for the Arizona dog found hanging from a tree Uh, there's also this story which has been hitting all the news wires and that's the Danish radio station Mm. that had a baby rabbit called Alan killed live on air and they say the stunt was a success now you might ask why on earth would that even be happening so you look at the article and you see the picture of this little baby rabbit it looks very cute mm. and basically the the and the, the, actually this article i don't think is completely correct because it's saying that it was the radio presenter as i understand it was actually a member of staff it might even been the program controller so it wasn't the actual presenter of the radio show in denmark but nevertheless uh, they battered the rabbit uh, and it died it was it was a clean death it died instantly um, but they used a bicycle pump to do this and their reasons for doing this was to highlight the hypocrisy over cruelty in Denmark's meat industry so first off obviously this is a a lot of mixed emotions around this but you know initially when you read this story what did you think about it Todd? Well I mean I'd like to preface anything I say by uh, highlighting that this type of subject no one can be an expert in so the fact that me and Lucinda are in a animal business anything we have to say is we're not it's not expert opinion it's it's personal view mm. of things um, you know I I, uh, I think what they did was uh, interesting and maybe even great um, you know the truth is that I think the truth is that uh, most of us in the first world are completely detached uh, <laughs> psychologically emotionally experientially uh, from the food we eat um, and it's not an original thought. There's lots of stuff out there of people talking like that. Uh, we go to the supermarket. We put into our basket uh, packaged vegetables, uh, you know, meat that has been ground up and prepared for us and so on. We, and, we, and, and for understandable reasons, but I think not very good reasons and certainly not with very good uh, results, we are detached from where all that comes from. Yes. Um, and uh, the, 
you know, if there had been any hint of inhumanity in what they did, um, then obviously that would not be okay. But they were very careful to uh, execute the rabbit humanely. Uh, its purpose was for uh, providing food. And we do this every day when we go to the shopping market, except that we're not personally putting these animals down. So I can understand that. And many people have said they understand the point of it. Uh, the comedian and actor Ricky Gervais uh, was among many celebrities that waded into the row he and wasn't uh, happy with it. tweeted <laughs> that uh, he no. battered a Danish D- a DJ to death with a bicycle pump to show how terrible murder is. Now, you know, there's a lot. It's an emotional topic. For, I mean, I think that for me who works in media and is an animal lover, I can and, and has, you know, looked at the the whole chain effect of the meat that we eat on our plates and where where that comes from. What I don't, doesn't rest easy for me on this because I'm seeing it on social media as well. And this is a radio station is that that draws attention and publicity. Does that just attract more listeners, Mm. more viewers, more likes to your Facebook page? And, is it actually, and you know, they used a bicycle pump, they named it Alan, they show pictures of the route. I get maybe why they're doing it, but I do wonder if it becomes a huge publicity stunt and for them to benefit from this rather than being um, very morally driven by this. And, and you've just about said what I wanted to come in and say, and that is that the only way that we can evaluate these things, in my opinion, is on the intent. Mm. And the intent of a person's behaviors uh, is often uh, only knowable to the person who's doing the behavior. Um, and it's uh, you're then faced, especially in the media, I mean, we face it on a weekly basis bef- when we do our shows together because we sometimes, before we go on air, we talk about some of the issues we might discuss and, and, and how to frame that so that we're trying our best to communicate honestly without being sensationalist or whatever. So or having a sort of vested interest or agenda. Or hidden, yeah. no hidden yeah. agenda. Exactly. agenda. So yeah. those, yes. those issues are very important. But what if you get faced up, you know, with, with you, you come face to face with a sincere moral driver to do something, but you know that the reaction to it is going to be varied and probably negative in many corners. Uh, do you, you know, or that people are going to perceive you as having not good intentions? Do you then say, well, because I'm being perceived as not having honorable intentions, I ought not to do it? Or do you say, I don't care what the perception is. I know my intentions are honorable. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, it's, and it is a debate that will continue. But at the end of the day, I would want to be asking questions like, you know, how much do they really care about that? Why are they taking it upon themselves to highlight what they call hypocrisy? Yeah. Um, a bicycle pump, you know, at, at calling it, giving it a name. I know that's supposedly highlighting the fact that we have an uh, emotional attachment towards animals, but do we understand? But actually, I don't think that necessarily connects with the meat that we eat off our plate. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's a, an interesting debate. Do you think they had a good point as a radio station in um killing this animal on air it was clean kill it was you know it wasn't in pain they did it they 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 had taken the right advice on how to do this humanely but is it ethical to do it on a live radio show do you think they're making the point was a good idea or not let us know your thoughts there are cases of cruelty all the time with animals and some might argue well what about children and children they are treated badly uh, as well and of course that's the case but one shouldn't necessarily mutually exclude the other in discussion and uh you know these sort of cases where you 
look at you know headlines that in some ways might be sensationalizing and it might make a point when it comes to animal cruelty and make people sit up and think gosh this is happening and it must stop and we must be responsible to make this stop other times it might just actually be one giving other people ideas and it might be all about getting the more likes on the page Mm. or more viewers or listeners so the debate continues (laughs) you know if you don't mind me adding um the, 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 I think it's very important to recognize that sometimes it is ne- you're, you're forced. It's necessary to make dramatic statements for awareness to be risen and for changes possibly to come about. Uh, I, 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 don't think, uh, I don't think we should write it off just because it was dramatic. Just to come back on animal cruelty. Now, I've just got a case here. This is um, a local story, and we don't know actually if this is a case of cruelty or not, but this is all we know. It was on one of the social media sites, and May the 12th, this cat was found with severe wounds covering almost all its body. No one knows what had happened. Was it a cat fight? Did someone burn him or put acid over him we posted the picture of this cat upon our blog post at dubai today just so you can see the extent of the wounds it's quite shocking to see but uh the woman who found the little boy took him to the vet but it's still unclear what actually happened um it's definitely not an allergic reaction according to this person the cat's limping it's her it has real trouble moving um so that's the situation but i also know they're looking to home this cat as well so Check it out online for yourself if you think you could, uh, in fact, it's just to foster for a short time for maybe two months um, if you think you could give this cat a home. But it's had a lot of, it's been through a really rough time. I know, Lucinda, you've looked at uh, a picture of the wounds and it's very yeah. difficult for you it's, to yeah, diagnose. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it's very difficult. If you, yeah, you need to look at the whole cat and the distribution and where they are, where they're not and yeah. look at other factors, I'm sure. But, you know, wounds like that, you know, a burn or a, a, a sort of any kind of caustic substance, like a, a chemical burn is also possible. You get weird autoimmune diseases that actually come from the cat itself that could do that. Um, you can get allergic reactions to uh, drugs or medications. Um, so, you know, if you had to bet the averages and probably go with what's most likely, it's most likely some sort of a, a, a burn or, or a chemical injury. But there are definitely other possibilities. So it's hard to know. Thank you. Uh, Message here from Renata. She says, I have a small dog. He's a Shih Tzu breed. He's an old boy. He's 14 years of age and has a heart condition, which is pretty bad. Um, It's controlled by three different medicines. If we had to go back to our home country, is it possible to ship him? Uh, Since we're from Brazil, we have a 15-hour flight. Um, Okay. I'll go ahead and answer that question, I think. Um, You know... Obviously, you're understandably concerned about it and you want to make sure you make the right decision. But just so you know, thousands of animals every year are shipped around the world that are chronically ill and are on all sorts of medications, just like people get shipped around the world too. So if you you take it responsibility... take it responsibly which is obviously what you're doing you would need to make sure that he is in optimal condition before he leaves that your vet is uh, adjusting dosages properly so that you can account for the fact that he'll be in the air and not able to be dosed for that certain period of time that's totally possible you can change your dosing schedule a week before and a week after to make sure that that's all right Um, he can be checked out to see that his heart is functioning well as well as it possibly can do the fact that he's going to be in the air and all of that shouldn't really affect anything I mean obviously there's 
you could argue a little bit of stress associated with it. But, you know, heart dogs and medicated heart dogs, we see a lot coming through the airport in Dubai. And it's just a case of getting it organized, getting the dose uh, given cr- correctly and it can often be done when animals are in transit and it's done all the time so I don't think that you should not take the decision to take your dog I think you should investigate it and make sure that all you know precautions are taken to make it yeah, so that he travels safely and and you or the agent that you use will need to absolutely make sure that the airline you book with is aware that your pet is on medication that's very important What's the animal? Today's mystery animal silhouette uh, with a dash of uh, hummingbird thrown in makes up this famous logo of a US-based social media company. Tweet, tweet. Thanks for the clues from our lovely producer, Linda. (laughs) (laughs) Now, coming back on the how animal cruelty is portrayed, or indeed in this case, maybe it wasn't intentional. uh, It's not animal cruelty. We're talking about the Danish radio station Mm. that uh, uh, they killed a baby bunny, a little bunny rabbit on air. It was a clean kill. It was what you call humanely done. Um, It was weird. What they said was to highlight the point of uh, being responsible in the sense that understanding where your meat comes from and that sometimes people are hypocritical about how they are with animals, etc., etc. So um, they called the animal the bunny Alan. They killed him live on air. It was a clean kill. They used a bicycle pump to do this. And we're asking you, what do you think? And Andrea says... decision point for me on their good or bad intentions would be if in general they communicate a similar message consistently if they do if they're known for that and they underscore this with the with the message consistently then killing the bunny might be acceptable according to andreas Uh, kevin says um, the radio presenters could raise awareness of animal cruelty in 1000 ways before killing an animal live on air humane or not what next a cow a sheep a chicken however uh, many of those 1,000 ways would not have created so much world publicity. So, yeah, interesting, isn't it? So, yeah. The debate I mean, the, continues. The, the choice of animal is interesting. It's mm. a little cute baby fluffy bunny. That so. they named Alan. Yes, With a yes. great name. I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> can you imagine seeing that bunny and calling him Alan? I mean, that's fantastic, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yes, so, so, I mean, you know, he is making a, a good point there. Yeah. That, you know, if they'd got a, a chicken, it would not have had the same effect. At all. And the, the point they're making is that, oh, you know, you're all emotional and soft and loving about animals, mm. but you eat meat, and that's hypocritical. I would yeah. beg to differ on that point and Me say, too. I can still be emotional and love animals Me and too. eat meat. Me it too. doesn't mean, you know. Take the North American Indian view. Res- yes. Respect the meat that you kill. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, no, and, 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 but I mean, I, you know, you're talking about hypocrisy and people's beliefs. I can imagine that there are a whole lot of... Uh, vegans out there that are completely horrified by this story because there's a lot of people that don't eat meat at all they don't kill anything for their food and so this kind of you know publicity stunt they would term it would po- is probably deeply offensive to them you know and there is there are there are people out there that feel deeply about it and are not hypocrites and they don't consume animals at all so they probably look at the Ellen story and are just absolutely horrified mm can go online to our website and if you want to interact with us here at the animal house you can do so all the details for dkc veterinary clinic which is based at motor city and dubai kennels and Catri are there lucinda and todd are at hand to take questions when it comes to your pet or animal needs 
So just check out our website at Dubaii1038.com and forward slash Dubai today. And I'll reveal now our mystery animal. It was indeed the bluebird. No, I wasn't. I'm actually just so pleased that the clues were a little bit more tricky this time. Oh. Excellent job. <laughs> uh, well, there's opportunities again next week, so make sure you tune in. And to share a few messages with you that have come in, uh, first off, um, I just wanted to say this is uh, somebody that knows you, Todd. Um, mm. I want to say a big hi to Todd. I'm listening to you on the radio right now from Mashed Potato Mouth. Hi, Mashed Potato Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Mashed Potato Mouth used to work for me many, many, many <laughs> moons ago. So hi. Hi, Sarah. I hope you're good. Uh, I'm going to say her name, Sarah. I won't ask why she's called Mashed Potato Mouth. Oh, or would you like to a, share just that? Just a private joke. I'm oh, afraid. okay. <laughs> All right, then. And uh, also, um, Neil wanted to say a, a huge thank you to Lucinda for being patient with us when we got Allegra and Simba sorted. My wife was a wreck before she spoke to Lucinda and calm and peaceful after helped when your vet is patient and would highly recommend DKC so oh, that's from one of your thanks very much. happy really customers <laughs> so thank you for that and yeah as always a big thank you to Dr Lucinda Natras DKC Veterinary Clinic at Motor City and Todd Carson from Dubai Kennels and Cattery until next week bye, bye, bye. have a good one <laughs>